0: What's good guys? Welcome back or welcome to the Run Free Podcast if this is your first time. Thanks for joining me today. This is episode number 59 and I'm be talking about my recent experience watching The way to Gold. If you guys haven't seen that documentary, check it out. I believe it's on Netflix, iTunes, wherever you watch documentaries. And uh, just a super powerful movie but really um, hit home. For me and uh, so I'm gonna talk about going through depression and what that's like and also too I realize you know I've talked a little bit about what it's like for me personally to transition out of the sport of running and how that was for me emotionally physically spiritually all that but uh, I want to really dive into that and talk and just be really candid with you guys and share with you guys what my experience was like and some things that were helpful for me on my journey in the hope that they can be helpful for you as well. So thank you guys for tuning in to episode number 59. I hope you enjoy it. Alright, so before we jump into today's episode little bit about what's going on in my world here and back in flagstaff back home finally it feels good to be home even though as much as i love crested butte Feels good to be back in the rhythm of things, although I did get greeted with like four weeks of mail stacking up. So that was never fun. But uh, super fun to be back in Flagstaff. Training is cracking, going really well. Sarah's, you know, about a month out from the marathon project. If you guys aren't familiar with that, it's happening December 20th in Phoenix. And man, I'm just, as a coach, just super stoked to see what Sarah can do. And then also have another athlete, Mo, who's been with us uh, for the last month or so. Following us all over Crested Butte, all over the place. Got snowed in to Telluride on the way home for a couple days, but uh, he's also super fit, looking really strong, and I'm just stoked to get out there. Another opportunity to race a marathon, and guys, opportunities are coming back. Um, races are gonna be back on the table, and they're happening. Uh, sporadically right now all over the country but um, they are going to be getting more consistent i think especially once you know this vaccine drops i really think that's going to be a game changer in terms of events being able to happen so now's the time to get cracking on training um if you guys are interested run free training does have openings we got some spots so hit us up RunFreeTraining.com, and uh you can sign up for your own personal coach that's implementing all these five fingers that we're all about the holistic approach to training so we're love to have you guys aboard check us out but let's uh let's hop into today's episode guys so like i was saying in the intro um watch the way to gold and man there was just so much of that movie where i was like i know exactly what these guys are talking about so michael phelps he's narrating the film if you haven't seen it and I, i'm not gonna spoil the film for you guys but um basically it's just talking about the depression that most olympic athletes go through um when they get on the backside of competing in the olympics good or bad like whether you accomplished a goal and got your medal and brought it home like good or bad you know Michael Phelps talks about his struggle with depression even though he won you know more gold medals than any Olympians ever won before so if a guy can be that successful and still be battling depression it's a very real thing and when I was watching the movie I was just kind of struck with this feeling like I felt this way before when I first retired from pro running. It's like, I kind of feel like a gladiator. (laughs) Not that I know what it feels like to be a gladiator, but I've seen the movie Gladiator. And, uh, you know, those guys, like, their life, their skill, their... what they exist to do is to fight, right? And I think we can all relate to that, whether you're into sports as your profession or whatever your profession, your craft is. You know what it's like to be all in on something where you're like, this is like what I have to offer the world. And that's very much, I think, what I felt like as I was competing professionally. Like, this is my craft. This is where I spend my time honing my ability. Like, this is what I know of cross paths with many of the best coaches in the world and have the opportunity to sit under them and learn from them and you're reading books and research and like your whole life kind of gets consumed with this drive this really strong drive every morning you wake up and you're like Let's see what we can do today. And yeah, yeah, some days are easy days and you're chilling out and it's not always like going to the well every day. But it's very much like this samurai culture of like, well, let me see how good of this thing I can get. This is my craft. This is my passion. And for all the good and the bad that comes with that, right? It's like when you have that mindset and you have a bad workout or a bad race, It can ruin you right and you guys if you're listening to this podcast you probably take running pretty seriously and uh, you know it's like to go through a bad workout bad race and you're like man I just trained six months for that marathon and I just totally tanked it and I have no idea why so you know what that might feel like and how depressing that can be and how damaging that can be to what's going on in your head and the negative thoughts that come with that and how those negative thoughts just pile up and stack on top of each other and pretty soon you're just in a really really dark place and then the compounding effects of that you get yourself in a bad place and your next workout's not so good and your next race is not so good and pretty soon you're not able to turn the ship around and you just feel like you're a spiraling out of control, downhill spiral, and man, that was especially my story during my time at Stanford where oftentimes I'd go home over the summertime and that was kind of like my reset, right? Like you guys may feel like that sometimes where you're like, okay, I get a fresh start now. Like, okay, yeah, I'm just coming out of this injury or this bad race or this bad season I have. But now like six months on my next big race, like I get to start afresh. And I love that feeling. And that is a very true and a very awesome part about running. And so I'd start out the season that way, and usually training would be going pretty well. Things would be clicking. I'm starting to get some momentum back. I feel like, okay, like I'm back on the right course. like I'm going in the right direction. And then maybe I have a, a couple bad workouts when I get back to Stanford. Maybe I start feeling not quite so good. Maybe I have kind of an off race. Maybe I pick up a little bit of injury. You know, I've said this before on the podcast, every single winter at Stanford, I tended to get poison oak, get injured, and uh, get sick all at the same time. (laughs) And that can very quickly, or it did very quickly set me up on some very scary courses, some downhill spirals where I was... Felt out of control, spiraling so bad, out of control, and it felt like, you know, thought that I could think, no conversation that I could have could really turn the ship around. And it was a very, very dark place to be, and I'm, I'm so grateful I did have you know, a solid faith to stand on during that time. I did have amazing parents to talk to. I did have Sarah, who was my girlfriend at the time, wife now. And she was such an amazing person that helped me through those times. And I guess that's tip number one, guys. And I'm talking to myself here. Like, I don't like, when I'm struggling, like, I work out in my gym. I like to suffer in solitude. I like to go out into the forest and just bang by myself, right? Like, that's that's who I am. And yet, that doesn't work for me when I'm going through really tough times. Like, when I go into the man cave, when I'm depressed and down, things just go from bad to worse. So, step number one is, guys, like, take it seriously. Like, when you're feeling down and when things... When you, you're, you're being overwhelmed with all these negative emotions, like, that is not something to take lightly. Like, that is something... You need to find someone to talk to you about these things. And uh, and if you don't have someone that you can talk to, like, like, counselor, go see a counselor. Like, these people are professionals. And I know, like, for me, when I think about, okay, seeing a counselor, like, that feels, to me... I'm going to do that I'm paying someone to listen to me it feels like I'm kind of paying someone to be my friend or something but that is such a misconception on my part when I when I'm thinking that way and I've caught myself thinking that way and had to turn that thought around be like actually these are professionals that are it's essentially a coach it's like a mental coach right that's supposed to help you process these thoughts that you're having these feelings that you're having and see them in a new way see them in a new light like when i think about the power of having a coach is that they bring this high level perspective this outside perspective that the athlete's not able to have and the same thing with the counselor it's like okay they're looking at it from up top and i'm in the in the mud i'm in the mud with these thoughts and i I can't order them. I can't process them. And they're just like killing me. They're just flooding me. And a counselor can kinda of help pull me out of the mud and be like, no, no, like let's look at it from up here. Where are these thoughts coming from? They help me kind of process them. So that's the first thing I wanna say is guys like take depression seriously, take negative thoughts seriously because they might just it might just start small. You know, it always does. Like I don't think anyone goes from like totally happy to you know like in the weight of gold like it's about athletes Olympic athletes committing suicide um, because of depression and I'm sure they didn't arrive there in one day right like this is like a process that took them to that point where they are at the end of the rope so to say so. Man, just sharing with someone is so, so powerful. That's step number one in getting yourself out of these holes that you find yourself in. An example of that happening for me during my sophomore year at Stanford so things were not going out well at all spiraling out of control my academics were going terrible like I said I was sick had poison oak was hurt was living in a not great situation my nutrition was just junk guys I was eating like brownies so I thought they'd be great like all instead of eating at the dorms where I have all this like all these options of food, and I might overeat, and there's unhealthy options and there's healthy options. But I thought, no, no, I'm just gonna cook for myself and save some money and make healthy food. And so, what that turned into was me eating like canned corn and brownies for dinner. <laughs> Not the best idea. I wouldn't recommend uh, college students cooking for themselves if they have the option to go to a dorm. Um, it's just you save so much time and energy, and they always have healthy options that you can find in dorms. So they have lots of junk too. So, you know, I understand why people might go that direction. But for me personally, it, did not, it was not working out. And that's another thing to think about when it comes to mental health is all the components that are wrapped up in that. Like I know, I just thought I'm going crazy in my head. Like I'm having all these thoughts, where are they coming from? How do I process them? How do I turn the ship around? And yet looking back at it now, like I said, from a top down perspective, I can see there was a lot of things that were off in my life and nutrition was one of them. Nutrition contributes to how you feel like anyone who's experienced being hangry at the end of a long run and you're starving and you're really low blood sugar and you just don't feel like talking to anyone you find yourself getting down like that's that can simply be a blood sugar issue um another thing that was not going well for me is i wasn't sleeping well and I, like was not getting enough sleep and that can change your world not getting enough sleep can change the lens in which you see the world Mita is wanting to say hello. You all right? (laughs) Um, So don't neglect. When we're looking at mental health, don't just think about it in terms of like just isolate your thoughts and mind and that's the only thing going on here because it could very well be a nutrition thing that's causing that or a sleep thing or at least it can be contributing to the problem i know it was for me looking back on my own experience so going back to my story sophomore year stanford super down super depressed like i said nothing's going well athletics are not going well struggling for real in the classroom um, my teachers are calling me into the office, being like, "Ryan, we have a serious problem here," <laughs> because I was I was overwhelmed with academics at Stanford. You know, in in Big Bear Lake where I grew up, it was a good high school, but I wasn't taking high level classes. You know, like I was very focused on my running and uh, neglected the academic side a little bit. So I was I was definitely in over my head at Stanford and just trying to survive. And uh, so I found myself. Uh, over the winter time, just really down, really depressed. And I made the mistake of thinking that I could change what's going on inside of my head and heart by changing my location, you know? And so, uh, went home, left Stanford, I told Sarah, I told my coach, didn't tell any of my teammates, just kind of took off, which I feel bad about to this day. It's kind of like a jerk move to not even say anything to, to my teammates about that. But I was just really hurting, you know, and that song was like hurt people, hurt people. Right. And that's very true. I wasn't thinking about, other people and that's kind of brings me to point number two point number one being like go seek help like talk to someone so so important and then point number two being like get outside yourself like I've realized this about myself when I'm going through depression man all my thoughts are about me they're all self-focused isn't that crazy that when you think about like why am I so depressed and what's going on in my head and then you realize like hold on a second like why am I thinking about myself so much here and I think it's because we're going into survival mode you know it's like I'm just trying to get through the day here and the only way to do that is like I gotta take care of number one I gotta take care of me you know but sometimes a way to get out if you can find a way to make your day about more than just you and you can get outside your own head It can be super helpful to just get a reprieve from those thoughts from time to time because when I think about like battling depression I think about okay like obviously you need to find the source of like what's going on deep down inside me that's causing this depression but there's also like a part of you that just needs to learn to get through the day right like it's kind of like you have this gaping wound and you got to just stop the bleeding too and so there's times where it's like I am just exhausted from being so down I'm just so tired of being so down all the time and you just need to get out of that and so it can be very helpful to just do things that are gonna give you short-term reprieve from that I'm talking about notch. You know, when I say that, I'm like, all oh, people are gonna think about like doing drugs or something like that, and that's obviously like not what I'm talking about. But just little things giving me your reprieve can be like th- things like serving other people. So at Stanford, you know, we'd go and like serve uh, the homeless breakfast like once a month or something like that. And just little things that were service-oriented things like that to help me like get outside myself for a minute and just gave me a little break from the pain that I was feeling inside. Another thing that's helpful for me is being around other people just doing fun things with other people and again this isn't going to like fix the problem long term but it's going to give you a little break from it and help you just get through the day and I think it's important that that's a part of the equation in dealing with depression is like short term solutions and then getting to the heart of the matter of what's going on. So um, I didn't finish talking about what was helpful for me in terms of getting counseling so, when I went back to Big Bear, you know things went from bad to worse, like I said, changing your external circumstances is not a good way to deal with an internal problem, not to say that you know going to a retreat, getting changing your environment, going to a more like peace field filled place where you can experience God in nature like is not going to be helpful because that could be super, super healing, right. But again, you got to figure out like, well, what is going on deep down inside me that's causing this depression? So, um, you know, when I went home, like I said, things got a lot worse. But I remember, again, doing a little service thing with my pastor at my church in Big Bear. And we were going down to a food bank just to pick up some food um, to bring back to give out to people in our community. And I remember my pastor just asking me this question. He's like, well, what's the last thing you knew for sure God was telling you to do? And we asked me that. I was like, oh man, like I know, like he was calling me to go to Stanford. And it was kind of like this light went off. And I was like, what am I doing here right now? <laughs> why, why did I go back on that? Like, I didn't feel like he was calling me here. And that's another point I want to make is when you're going through depression, or at least when I'm going through depression, not a good time to make big life decisions. Uh, I have not made good decisions at all when I'm in a down depressed state so I would just give you just a word of advice to just put everything on pause don't make any big life decisions when you're in that kind of state so uh, when my pastor told me that it just kind of like I said the light went off I was like what am I doing here and then I realized okay like I need to go back and face this thing and face even the environment that I'm struggling in right now so went back to Stanford And uh, things didn't change right away, but what ultimately kind of helped me through that period of emotional struggle, of depression that I was going through, was spending time alone with God and just asking Him this, like, and what that actually tangibly looked like for me is I would go into the Stanford football stadium. Again, football stadiums, stadiums in general, I don't know why. I just come to life in them. You know, like, I just feel... I don't know, they just feel special to me. You know, it feels like my element. It feels like what I was made for. So I'd go in the Stanford football stadium. No one else was usually in there except for maybe a straggler or two like doing stair reps on the stairs at the stadium. And I'd just bring my Bible and notebook and I'd just start with this simple question, like, God, how do you see me right now? And I think that's kind of the next step for me of getting out of depression was getting someone else's perspective. Again, going back to like coach, friend, counselor, people who can give you that outside perspective. But the most powerful outside perspective you can get is like, God, like how do you see me? And uh during that time, I just felt like I was just showing me like, hey, like, what makes you special has nothing to do with performance. It has nothing to do with how fast you run. Um, with your grades in school, with how many friends you have at Stanford, with any of this stuff that like you're really down and depressed about, like has none of that has anything to do with how much I love you and how much I value you. And so it just, it made me feel secure. And I've always been like secure in my parents' love, like had amazing parents growing up, still have amazing parents and have amazing people who love me around me, family members, friends. Um, But there's something about feeling this like creator of the universe power, security of being like if the creator of the universe loves me this way, then surely like I am of value, I am of worth and I, I can love myself because that's enough. If the creator of the universe created me and made me special, then that is all I need to be able to value myself. And that, is, that was so crucial for me to get to fall back on that. Because then all of a sudden, I wasn't trying to prove to myself that I was special and of worth. And I think this kind of goes back to, you know, me being a middle child. Um, like I said, have amazing family, amazing siblings. And yet, like, there was still always this kind of, like, need to stick out. And I can see, like, that continues to be even an issue that... Um, pops up in my life to this day and certainly probably a big reason a big uh, motivator for me early on in sports was like this is my way to be special to stick out to um to matter to a lot of people and so for me once that shifted that sense of like what actually makes me important What makes me of value? What makes me of worth? What makes me worthy of love? When that began to shift to, okay, I'm already that. I'm already worthy of love. I'm already important. Then the running just became kind of icing on the cake. Like it sounds, it could be taken as like I I stopped caring about it. Like I didn't care about it anymore, but that wasn't the case at all. I still cared about it the same. It's just the pressure was gone it was like and i still got nervous before races still got nervous before workouts even but there was something a big weight that just got lifted off me where all of a sudden i could have a bad race i could have a bad workout and go home and be okay not have it ruin my day and that made running way more fun and my workout started getting better and that's why like it run free like we can't just prescribe training to athletes because we know like what is going on inside of you is going to come out of you. So if we don't have these conversations with our athletes in our broader run free community that just listen to this podcast. That just, you know you don't have to be getting coaching from us to listen to this podcast. And we're so glad that we have so many people that do listen to this podcast. Because we want to get this message out to many people as possible. Because we want to see people set free set free from depression set free from the things that are weighing them down just like I had to get set free sitting in that stadium journaling writing down how do you see me right now God And writing those things down and then choosing to believe in those things and then seeing the beautiful fruits of what would come as a result of that time with God of starting to value myself and see myself the same way God sees me so for you guys when you're going through tough times and i this isn't like a one-time issue where like oh yeah i figured it out once during my time at stanford now i don't have to worry about it anymore i'm good now it's <laughs> so not the case right like this is something that i have to continually cultivate remind myself of i'm just as much talking to myself right now as i'm talking to any one of you guys um asking god how do you see me I think it's one of the most powerful activities we can do as athletes and as we can do as human beings. It just was a transformational. If if I didn't have those moments in the stadium at Stanford, nothing that happened after my time at Stanford would have happened. I, I can guarantee you that I was going the wrong direction. I was spiraling downhill quickly out of control. And that was what change the direction that the ship was going so and again guys i think it's really important to have realistic expectations too of what this might look like to get yourself out of emotion being emotionally down or depressed that give yourself grace like for me it wasn't like okay, God sees me this way, I wrote it down, I believe it, and bam, I'm good, like everything's different. It was a, it was a gradual process, right? It was spending between 15 minutes and 30 minutes a day at, at that football stadium for, you know, five days a week, probably on average, for an entire semester before things really started. I started to notice a big shift inside of me. Um, so just have this expectation, like, it's okay if... These depressive thoughts that you have or this being emotionally down comes back up from time to time. Don't fall into the trap of being like, oh man, I'm having these thoughts again. Dang it, that didn't work. Throw it all out. Start over. <laughs> or I'm just going to let myself now like go back on a binge and totally get out of control again. Like, Don't bind that. It's got to have grace for yourself in the process of getting through depression and being emotionally down so that's my story kind of from my Stanford days and then you know fast forwarding to uh, retirement and what that was like for me emotionally and it was a lot different in a lot of ways because I had certainly been able to shift how I saw myself you know and towards the tail end of my career I really was getting into a lot healthier place mentally and emotionally feeling a lot more stable and secure like I was always super nervous about the day I was going to retire because I was afraid that I was just gonna fall off the deep end and get super down and super depressed and could have very well ended up like one of the athletes in the weight of gold that ends up you know taking their own life because they feel like I just don't matter anymore I have nothing to offer to the world anymore what's the point of going on I was afraid that was going to be my story. And for me, it wasn't because I was able to get my identity in the right place and see myself apart from the running. And running certainly was something that I was all in, super invested in, and cared a ton about. But I could also walk away from it and know I was going to be okay because ultimately, that's not what makes me special and that's not what makes me of worth. And that was super, super helpful, but that doesn't mean I did have a lot of other struggles and mainly they were generated around, as an athlete, especially a professional athlete, especially you know high level Olympic athlete, not having your ego involved in the sport Is very very difficult it's just getting pulled in over and over and over again and you know I always thought you know I was a humble athlete and I tried to be a humble athlete you know I tried to not have my ego involved but until things start to get taken away I think you don't realize or at least I didn't realize how much satisfaction I got from them You know, so I went from people paying me a lot of money to show up to run one race. You go from that to all of a sudden you're not even getting invited to races. And then when you have that experience, you're like, Oh, like that kind of (laughs) hurts. Like, people used to pay me a bunch of money to show up. Now, like, I'm not even getting invited to races. I have to, like, contact races to try and get in, and then I'm not even getting into races or things with sponsors and contracts. And I totally get it, right? It's like sponsors, they're paying you to represent their brand, to be out racing and racing well. That's how they get recognition, and that's what they're paying you to do. But it doesn't take away from the fact that just feels bad when you're losing your sponsors or when your contracts being slashed in half because you didn't hit your performance um, level that you had to hit for the year so you go from building things up where you're building these contracts up and you're getting more and more sponsors you're getting paid to show up at races and you're getting prize money and then you get on the back side where all the sudden things aren't clicking so well in the running despite all the effort you're putting in. Like I'm trying just as hard as when I was being really successful. And yet things are just not clicking. And then kind of to rub the salt in the wound, everything's being taken away from you. Sponsors being taken away. No more photo shoots. No more um, cool equipment coming your way to try out. You know, No more Yeah, like even at photo shoots, like they call you, like you're called like the talent. (laughs) Like that's what they call you by name. All right, the talent's over in there. whatever RV getting ready for the next shot or whatever like they're radioing to each other calling you the talent and it's things like that where you're like yeah like you just get kind of used to it after a while and you're like hey, I don't really I don't have a big ego you know but then when that stuff's being taken away you're like well hold on saying why why does it hurt to be losing this stuff to be not being called the talent anymore to be losing sponsors and I, it made me really realize like a big part of it is just like my ego is hurt. You know, if I could remove my ego from the equation, all of a sudden it didn't hurt so bad. So that's kind of my next tip with my, my journey through retirement is learning to identify when your ego is hurt. That's been super, super helpful for me. And it's amazing how just the awareness of realizing, okay, like why... Is this bothering me right now that i'm not getting paid to show up to this race or that i'm getting paid half the amount that i'd usually get is it because my ego is hurt because i feel like i deserve to be paid the same amount as before because i'm trying just as hard and you can justify it in your head you know but when you really like dive deep down into it and journaling was a super helpful for, way for me to kind of process because When the thoughts are just all in my mind, going around in circles, swirling around, I'm not very good at really identifying what is actually at the root of this belief that I currently have. So writing it down is super, super helpful in me kind of sorting everything out. But, you know, I certainly went through a period um, and even to this day um, have moments where you kind of feel like, no one cares anymore, you know, to be honest. And you it's it's crazy how when you're having these negative thoughts, depressive thoughts, um, you can even know it's not true, you know, like like for example, sometimes I'll be in the gym, in my gym, I mean in my dirty garage working out in my garage gym. And you know, I'm just like banging super hard all by myself. And I'm like, not a soul knows what I'm doing right now. Like my kids are all tucked in bed asleep. My wife's asleep. I'm just banging like crazy in the garage. And like like no one cares, you know? Have you guys ever been there? Where you're out there doing a workout all by yourself and you're just like, no one cares. I talked about this in you know, the podcast about knowing your strong why and how that's helpful during that time. And it is. But I definitely have those times where... I feel like no one cares anymore and even though I know deep down inside me I know that that's not true I think it is helpful to kind of like have some tools because I think that is probably one of the biggest factors that leads to really big time depression being down and ultimately you know taking far enough can be even suicide is this belief that no one cares about me. And when we start believing that belief in that, and it is a lie, like, I don't think, I don't know, I could be wrong, but most people on this planet have at least one person that, you know, cares deeply about them. But even if you don't, maybe you are that person who you're like, dude, I'm the last one in my family. I got no friends. Like, that, that could be your story. But even for you, Man, God cares deeply, deeply about you. And you are deeply loved, even if you don't feel like it. And what is helpful for me when I am going through these periods of not feeling loved, even though I know I am, you know, like I said, I have a great family, great wife, and I, I'm deeply loved by my family members. But even when I'm starting to have these thoughts like, no one cares what I'm doing right now. And the depression thoughts are starting to come back in. What has been actually really profoundly helpful for me is to picture the times in my life when I felt the most loved. And I think we can probably all go back there, you know, where there were times when you knew you were deeply loved. And actually, this is kind of an interesting uh, way to look at it but it's been super helpful for me is even a time where I was there but I wasn't I have no memory recollection of it is when we were all first birthed I know that my mom my dad and you know we all have different stories right but like someone when you were birthed was the hands that caught you And was holding you right after you came out and you you took that first breath like you in that moment you were loved you were cherished and it's so powerful to when you're not feeling that way to for me to go back to that moment and see my parents holding me as a as an infant and just knowing like man I was so 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 loved in that moment And knowing not only my parents, but like how, how God must have felt about me during that time as well. So I just want to encourage you guys when you are going through tough times where maybe you feel like no one cares and you're, you're having these moments of depression or down thoughts, like go back to that moment, try it out can't can't hurt to try right like go back try and see yourself the moment you're birth try and picture it in your mind's eye of course you know you can't actually see that unless you have a video of it i don't know if i'd want to watch a video of me being birthed to be honest <laughs> i've seen a one birthing video and it was not my favorite video i kind of wish i didn't see that <laughs> but i i imagine it's a beautiful thing when it's your wife but the one i saw was not my wife <laughs> anyways i can way off Going back to that moment where you first came out and you know you were loved. I think that is such a beautiful place to start from in our healing process of going through depression. Of going through emotional down moments. It's just starting with this place of like I was deeply loved. I am deeply loved by the creator of the universe. Like, It doesn't matter what you've done, how you've messed up what you said to other people, what really terrible things you've done in your life. Like we are all God's creation. We are all deeply, deeply loved by Him. And I think that's what, for me anyways, really has to sink in deep when I'm going through depressive moments to, to, and, and even real depression during my time at Stanford. And, and, we, and just those to confront the thought of like no, like actually someone does care, someone does love me deeply, and i and I'm not alone, so I hope that's been helpful for you guys, and I think too you know like obviously we're high up on coaching at run free like we we really believe in coaching, but a coach is just a great person to have that you know like hey this person cares about me like they're checking in on my workouts like they want the best for me they believe in me and that is what I want more than anything for our athletes is for them to feel strongly supported strongly loved by their coach and to feel like this person is in my corner like when it feels like the rest of the world could care less like my coach is behind me You gotta have someone in your corner to go through life with like life is too difficult to go through on your own so let's make the commitment that we are not going to go through life alone that we will include other people on our journey people who have our back that are for us that believe in us and that are are on the road with us trying to help us become the best version of us that we can be All right, guys, that's all I got for this one. Hope this has been helpful. I know this is kind of a heavy subject, um, but I think it's just so, so important. And like I said, just watching the movie really just kind of touched my heart. And I was like, man, I just don't want to see other athletes, you know, take their own life because they don't feel like they have anything to offer the world anymore or they feel like they're alone or they feel like they don't have value anymore. So hope this has been helpful. And, uh, Until next time, guys, happy training.